Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Just before we go to Elliot Freeman, I want to read you a text from Mo. He says, Bob, it would do the management uh, good to be more patient with some of the players, especially high-skilled players, instead of moving them. But... The fan base in Edmonton is highly, uh, highly volatile and forced the hand of management in recent years. Petrie, Schultz, Dubnik, and others were given up on by the fan base and were booed off the ice too many times before they were traded. That one comes to us from Mo. Mo, this is not on the fans. Let's just establish that right now. Not on the fans, at least not in my opinion. Uh, you can text us at 630-630. There was another one that I wanted to get to. Uh, where where did it go? Just before we bring in Elliot, because he'll chuckle if I can find it. Uh, it was uh, criticizing the show, which is always a good thing. Um, well, I can't find it. Can you find the text from Ron for me, uh, Brendan? And we'll bring Elliot Friedman in. He's at the NHL uh, Hall of Fame, or Hall of Fame, the NHL All-Star Game in San Jose. Elliot, did you just get up? How are you doing? No, I didn't just get up. You know, some of us work early, Bob. I'm doing well. Yeah? Yes. Uh, The guys from Calgary called me at 6.45 this morning. Oh, really? I was up. Yeah, I was up early. You were up early. Absolutely. Uh, So, what's the uh, scuttlebutt in San Jose as we speak? You know, I think think that the one thing you notice about this over the years is, you know, I... I think there's some guys who look at the All-Star game as a bit of a pain, but then you get here, and it's it's a relaxed vibe. Uh, guys actually like seeing each other. You know, we did a couple interviews yesterday, Bob. I did one with uh, Burns and Carlson, and we did one with Tavares and Stamkos, both of which were going to air this weekend. And it's amazing how relaxed they were. I think when you get here and you're part of it and you see some people that you haven't seen for a while and... You get a chance to be in a more relaxed atmosphere. I think these guys, you know, let their guard down a bit. I think it was a bit harder for McDavid. Um, as you've probably seen a lot of the clips, he didn't yep. really want to talk about what a lot of the media wanted to talk about. We ran them. But, yes, we ran them. Yeah. Yep. But, but when, you know, I, I spoke with him briefly yesterday for a piece that's going to air tonight. And when we talked about some other things, like the fact he got his hair cut, um, he was pretty good. So I think even he's looking at maybe a bit of a break from what you know everybody in Edmonton's been going through the last little while. All right, I found the text. I want you you'll get a chuckle out of this. Bob, this comes to us from Rod. He texts the yes. show. I don't know where he's from. We always ask guys to say where they're from. Bob, I've said it before and I'll say it again. This show is a joke and a shame on <laughs> Ch- and a shame on Chad for allowing the orders to control 2 hours of radio every day. Numbers do not lie, so whatever you guys say or ever or however you try to steer listeners doesn't work. And I think it's obvious hearing what fans have said in the last month or so from Rod. Well, Rod, if if you don't like the show, I have one thing to say. Turn the dial. It's that simple if you don't like the show. Like Did you ever see Private Parts, the Howard Stern movie? Uh yes. 
Do you remember what they said in there that the the average listener who listens who likes Howard Stern listens for let's just say an hour because they want to hear what you say next. Yep. The average person that hates Howard Stern listens for two hours because they want to hear what you have to say next. So there you go, Bob. You got people hate listening to you. Well, That's you know, a bad thing. what's the old saying? Love me or hate me, just don't like me. <laughs> that's, that's right. Ambivalence is a bad thing. You know what? Like, and this is the thing too. I've been talking about this week, and I and I heard your first text there from a listener just before you introduced me. Yes. And the thing is, like, you know, if your fans are mad at you, look, nobody wants the fans to be as mad at you as the Edmonton fans are right now. Absolutely. But, 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 I'd rather them be mad at me than not care about me. Like, th- there was an interview this week at Bruce Allen, the GM of the NFL team in, in Washington, and, you know, he, he, like, there's these fire Bruce Allen hashtags, websites up, and, and they asked him about it, and he smiled, and he said, look, we have passionate fans, and we thank them for it. So I, I'd rather the, look, I'd rather the Oilers fans be mad at me uh, if I was running the team, then I would them not caring or not showing up. That's that's you know that shows that they care, and there's nothing wrong with that. All right, uh, we're joined by Elliot Freeman, and they do care, and there's no question. And they were exasperated and frustrated. And yeah. Elliot, I said after it happened that I 100% agreed with the uh, organization's decision. I've not said mm-hmm. that after every. Uh, Move's been made. Now, that said, uh, it's happened. It's over. We move on. I, I wish no ill will towards Peter. Uh, I, uh, if any, And I, my guess is he'll get another job in, his, in the league, maybe not as a GM, but as an assistant GM or a pro scouting guy. That's usually what happens with guys like that. The body mm-hmm. of work this year was not good. Some trades did not work out. One of the things I, I stated in the opening half hour, Elliot, is it's my, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this. When the orders were owned by the Edmonton Investors Group, Cal Nichols, and I knew, like, Ken Nichols was in my wedding party. So, I, you know, I've had lots of animated discussions with Cal and Ken over the years on things before and after Cal headed up the IG. But they were mm-hmm. very fiscally responsible, and sometimes they dug in when things weren't going well with the player. And I think since Daryl Cates uh, owned the team, because their perception was there was a little bit more financial latitude there to play with, sometimes the organization just was a little bit dismissive with players when they were encountering challenges. And I look at, you know, Dubnik, who we agree is the number one goaltender, you traded Devin Dubnik away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taylor Hall, and yes, they got back a good defenseman, and people say, well, the return on the haul wasn't enough. But some people would say, well, you know, was he going to grow? Was he going to continue to grow here? And maybe was that a factor in him being traded? I don't know. Uh, Ryan Strome, you know, geez, you know, that's just luck. Like, you know, Bob, like the, the, to me, it's like it's over. I mean, there we go. It was it, it was time. It was time. I mean, there, there's not much like I'm not like uh, look. I understand why people debate, you know, they say, okay, someone's been fired, was it a good move or it's a bad move, you want to pick apart their moves. And I understand that some of them do have lasting, uh, yes. a, a lasting impacts on the franchise, but just as a person myself, uh, you know, things that happen, they happen, and you can't change history. So the way I like to look at things is, okay, this happened now what do we do with that or how do we build back from that okay and i think i think everybody understands 
it was time to make a change. Okay, we get that. Uh, so it the, was time. Yeah, okay, it was time. We move on. Mm-hmm. It was not all mm-hmm. not all on uh, some of the challenges that the organization had to do were, uh, during Shirelli's reign is that they didn't have enough. To, here's the thing. I think the amateur side under Peter actually improved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, the pro side, and I think there's a lot of debate out in our market right now, where is the caliber of the pro side of the organization? And based on some of the acquisitions, that, that might be a fair assessment. Um, so let me ask you this. There is yep. a perception out there that there is a lot of meddling from what's called the Old Boys Network. Now, mm-hmm. I personally believe that Shirelli had a fair amount of autonomy and a very limited sphere of influence from others. Do you agree or disagree with that? Uh, you know, I, I do agree with that. Like, like I understand. Like, I, like I wrote about that this week in, in my notes, and I talked about it in the podcast. And I've gotten a lot of feedback around the league on it, Bob, and probably more than normal. There, there are a lot of opinions about yes. from outside about how the Oilers are run and the way it works. And there's no question that the Oilers have a serious perception problem with the fact that it is believed by both the fan base and people around the league that they are meddlesome. What I believe is this. I, I agree. Like, I look at a lot of the moves over the past few years, and they struck me as Shirelli's choices. I, I would like for people to tell me, uh, you know, what he was blocked from doing or what he was forced to do that he didn't want to do. And, but, but the one thing I do agree about, and I said this too, is that. You know, there's a lot of opinions there, and you have to be, you have to be, if you're going to be a general manager in any organization, a successful one, you have to be able to say, okay, I'm going to take the opinions, good or bad, and I'm going to make my decisions. And if people are in an organization and they have opinions, you have to be in a situation where you can at least deal with that. And I do think that uh, Peter Shirelli made a lot of the choices that he made. I, I, I do want to see someone to tell me, like, okay, what was something you had to do that you didn't, a, a personnel move that you didn't like or that you were forced to do or you wanted to do that you weren't told to do? I think he had a lot of say. Now, the other thing I do want to say, Bob, is that I still think that the, the biggest question the Oilers have is, how does their organization, top to bottom, compare to other organizations? I think very quietly, and probably even more secretly than we realize, a lot of teams are changing the way they do business. Oh. It's, it's not only analytics, it's sports sciences, yes. it's studying certain things, and I think the biggest question is, have the Oilers adapted to that, or are they embracing that as much as other teams are? And I think that, to me, is the question. And the other thing, too, is, as Mickelson said, you have to look up and down at the way you judge players because it's a factor. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. You hit on a lot of different things there, just in terms of the sphere yeah, of influence. Yeah, a very long answer. The sphere yeah. of influence on Shirelli. I'll get to a specific case. Like, I do think that others had some opinions on the Griffin-Reinhardt trade. Peter had barely been here a couple months. I've had guys that no longer work in the organization tell me that, 
you know what? Uh, some of the existing people, no, you're 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 wrong. Like Peter ultimately signed off on that trade, and and so uh, here I'm of the belief. Well, yeah, I could see how there might have been some guys around that that like Griffin Reinhardt, and some others are saying, you know what? Uh, pro side would have impacted that trade, and so that's a different. There's you know, one I, where I, I, like, can I say I, I've heard a lot. Like that's the one that gets brought up to me the most. Right. That that is the one that people come to me and they say, look. You know, like, that was not a Peter Shirelli trade. That was an Oilers internal trade. Right. First of all, I don't know if I, I, I – but I've had other people tell me that that excuse is just an excuse and it's BS. And that's – So, as with most things, yes. it's somewhere in the middle. There you but go. Here's what, I, here's what I would say. It's not like Griffin Reinhardt was or should have been a foreign entity – to Peter Shirelli beforehand. Yes. He was a GM in the Eastern Conference. He obviously would have known what Boston thought about him. Right. He obviously would have seen him play either either at the NHL or the junior or the AHL level. Um, like I I like it's like and the other thing too is, you know what, Bob? When you're the person at the top of the chain, you and your show, me at what I do Peter Shirelli, when you're running a team, the way it works is you are paid, and you when when things go right, you get the glory, okay? Yep. But when things go wrong, and you're oh. served a crap sandwich, you have to eat it. I mean, if you're going to take the good things, you got to take responsibility for the for the things. And I, I don't want anyone to think that I'm ripping Peter Shirelli when I'm saying that. That's what I believe. It, you know, if somebody hands me a piece of paper on the air that's wrong, and I go to air and I say it wrong, it's my fault. It's not the person who handed me the piece of paper. Yes. It's my fault because I took the piece of paper and I did it without checking. So to me, that's the way I look at things. If you're going to put me in charge and you're going to give me the power, and I think Shirelli had the power to make decisions, um, then you know. I mean, that that's the way it goes. Well, that's and, and I guess is. I guess what I'm saying to you, Elliot, is now that the decision's been made, and as you said, it's time. And I said, I 100% agree with the decision. This is not a kick the crap out of Peter Shirelli fest. There are some. I'm moves, not interested right, in that. And I'm there not. are some moves that worked out. And what I'm saying is, some people have said you're giving him too much of a free pass on the Reinhardt trade. He has to accept more responsibility. He and I have in the past said I could see how there were some influences around at that time on yeah. Reinhardt. Right, I, I mean, I, I mean, you look at what happened. They fired Stu McGregor, their head scout, the week before the draft. Okay, they also yep. blew out their head pro scout. So suddenly, there's some other influences that maybe had built a little bit of rapport with Sorelli since he came aboard. That maybe I thought put some, you know, put. But at the end of the day, he is the guy that's all right. Signs off on the deal. Now let's sign off on that end of the conversation. Let's go to the yep. next thing, which is what is the solution moving forward? What type of manager? Brian Burke said yesterday, he said a lot of things yesterday, not a surprise. He said the Oilers can't have Were a rookie. any of them accurate? Uh, he said yesterday, <laughs> he said yesterday, rookie GM, okay? Uh, he can't, yep. Oilers cannot have a rookie GM unless they have a senior uh, president overseeing them. I don't know if I buy that. Um, I, I, I got a lot of time for Kelly McCrimmon personally. I think he'd be a good fit yep. here. Uh, what do you think Edmonton needs? I think Edmonton needs uh, somebody who's willing to come in and and have some. I, I, like uh, I, I think you want a smart person. I think you want 
somebody who's willing to come in and say, this is why I think your organization doesn't work, and here's what my plan to fix it. Um, you know, I, I think that that person has to be given a lot of autonomy. I think that person has to be given a lot of an ability to bring in people that they want to bring in. I think that people, that person has to be open-minded. You know, we're going to bring some things to your organization that you haven't seen before, and this is why they work. And But you know what I think the other thing, too, is, is that, I, you know, and I've talked about this, I think you guys have to look a little bit east. And that is a team in Winnipeg that has a tough market because they're a passionate fan base and they're the biggest team in town. And they, their, their fans were on them. Big time, to, two years, big time, two years changes, ago. Yep. To make changes. And they said, no, we're sticking into the plan. And now they look like they're going to have some staying power. Well, Elliot, and they that, have a guy. Oh, hold on a second, Bob. Yep. Oh, hold on. That, so that, to me, is the biggest thing. You need somebody who's going to come in and say, look, we love the Oilers. We love our fans. We want you in the building every night. We want you to feel appreciated. But this is our plan, and we're not changing it, whether you like it or not. And you, you have to have that. All right. They have a guy who was once their equipment manager for the Winnipeg Jets and the original Jets, yep. right? Who worked his way up through uh, True North and did a great job uh, facilitating things for the Vancouver Canucks, who, by the way, under uh, Mike Gillis and Lawrence Gilman, were a very progressive organization on the sports science side. Yep. But uh, they had a guy, uh, Craig Heisinger, who's their assistant GM, who is uh, from a non-traditional background, yep. who is not super smooth, but obviously knows players and understands process. The mm-hmm. point is, sometimes there's people right underneath your own nose that would be mm-hmm. committed to, you know, and, and would have a feel for players. But the biggest thing you have to have, you got to have grinders. Yeah, that's the, yes, like, like for me, Heisinger is a grinder. Yes, And is. you need guys that maybe aren't the sexiest guys out there. Like when you said out east, I'm like, are you telling me we need somebody from Toronto? We've been down that <laughs> path twice. No. So anyhow, uh, give me three or four names that make sense because maybe one guy spent some time in Manitoba, though in Brandon, not in Winnipeg. Yeah, you know, I think McCrimmon will be definitely on your list. Um, but I think the biggest question is, you know, if, uh, I think there's some part of your organization that would like to get it done fast, but I'm just not convinced that Vegas is going to allow that. You know, if, if he's available, it might not be till after the season. I, I think the one interesting one is that there is a guy you can get now who would be a first-timer, and that's Mark Hunter. And, you know, Mark Hunter is no longer contracted to the Maple Leafs. He is, uh, he is uh, with London in the Ontario Hockey League, but I think if you wanted somebody now I think he could be very much in that discussion. So I would put his name there. I, you know, I, 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 as I said, and Doug McLean said, I think you have to call Steve Eisner. I think you have to just see if there's any interest in him going out there. I, I think you're not doing your job if you don't make that call. And the other call I'm making right now, but I had heard recently he wasn't really interested in getting back in yet, but I, I do think you have to call Ron Hextall and gauge his interest. Why? Why not? Well, how'd it go for him in Philly? I, you know what? I, I think it went pretty well. Now, at the end, you know, like, I have a feeling that we're going to look at Ron Hexball in two or three years. Okay. And we're going to say, ah, okay, I, I see it. Now, 
you know, like he had a plan and he stuck to his plan. Now at the end, it, it rat and goaltending, which always kills Philadelphia, ran out on him. But now all of a sudden you're looking at Carter Hart and sure. you're looking at some of the prospects they've got there. You know what? Like, you know, he did a he he didn't win as much as he wanted him to do for sure. I, how was his ex- that, how how was I it, think he was pretty good. How was his accessibility with the media there? Not great. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. You know what? That's wrong. Uh, you know what? Like, first of all, that's a really tough town. And the one thing about the one thing about him is he is like there were not a lot of leaks that got out of there. He was not. Yeah. But when he spoke, I would read the transcripts of stuff, and he would give them stuff. It was just on his schedule. And as a member okay. of the media, I don't like that. But if I ran a team, I would be happy with that. All right, Elliot, give me the first significant player that gets moved after the All-Star week slash bye week. Oh, Oh my God, Bob, these questions. You know what? I wonder, you know, so Calgary or Carolina had one last game where Furland didn't play, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was like, you know what, we're not risking this guy uh, getting hurt. So I, I think he would probably be high on that list. Ironically, I watched, you know, there, there were moments against Edmonton and moments against Vancouver where Carolina lacks some toughness in their lineup, and I wonder if that gets addressed. I, hey, I know we're moving away from it, and they got some skill and they got some fine young players. That's a soft team. Elliot, as you, always. You know what? I'm not convinced we're moving away from it. Well, then if we're not moving away from it, you better have it. Yeah. Hey, have a great time in San Jose. Can you make sure you look after Connor and Leon for us down there? <laughs> I think those guys could take care of themselves. Because I'm not I, I convinced. And, and by the way, the, the uh, Oilers TV doesn't have one reporter. They have two reporters down there. That's pretty good work for them, isn't it? Well, that's a one-to-one reporter-to-player ratio. That's when you know you get the good information. That's kind of like when you have kids, Elliot, right? When you have one <laughs> child and you Don't got two. Pa- zone. Right, yeah. right. You go from double coverage to man to uh, zone. Awesome stuff. <laughs> take care, Elliot. All right, Bob. Take good care, buddy. Yvette, 1255 in Edmonton. Bob Stauffer with you in orders now. Guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and the staff orders now sent you. And this March, take the family to the beach during spring break. Great deals, fun in the sun destinations. Hey, some guys I know that I work with, they got a fun in sun destination during All-Star Week slash bye week. Lucky guys. Start planning today. Puerto Vallarta for fifteen forty-five. Riviera Maya for sixteen ninety-nine. Honolulu eighteen seventy-five. These four and five-star packages include accommodations, airfare, ta- uh, taxes, parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. For reservations, call the travel experts at the New West Travel or book online newwesttravel.com. Twelve fifty-six. We're going to take about an eight-minute break. We'll have a global news, weather, traffic update with Morgan Black, and then we're going to come back with you. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.